1: podcast in which we talk about topics that help churches and ministries protect what God has called them to lead. I'm Mariel, and on today's episode, we will be talking about the major tax deadlines for churches and ministries with Alyssa Klingberg, Keep Specialist and Tax Liaison at Start Church. Alyssa, thank you so much for joining me on the podcast today. Yeah, thank you for having me. So as we step into the new year, it's time to prepare for tax season. While this can be an overwhelming time of year for pastors and ministry leaders everywhere, it really doesn't have to be. So to help you approach tax season with confidence, we have created a 2021 tax calendar specifically for churches and ministries. We hope and pray this helps you and your ministry with all of the endeavors that you're hoping to accomplish in 2021. So on today's podcast, you'll learn important deadlines for forms and taxes and how you can get your free copy of the 2021 tax calendar. So Alyssa, will you take a a couple of moments and walk us through the important first quarter tax deadlines and dates for 2021?
2: Yeah, sure. So just to get started, one of the First important things to mention is a lot of churches and ministries prefer to hold their annual board meeting before January 1st. A couple of things that they like to cover and that is designating the minister's housing allowance, election of directors and officers, any ratifications of prior acts and financial reports. If you don't know what the agenda should be or what to cover in the annual meeting, we provide a service that we can prepare annual meeting minutes for you. Uh, We have a couple of specialists that actually can provide, uh, prepare that for you and answer any questions you may have about that. Uh, So they'll prepare the minutes for you, answer those questions, and all you have to do is gather your board members together and approve each item listed. As I mentioned before, a lot of churches and ministries prefer to hold their annual board meeting before January 1st. And one of the reasons being is adding up qualifying housing allowance expenses for their pastors or ministers. And one of the main reasons being is that uh, housing allowance is not retroactive in nature, so being able to actually claim it for a full fiscal year is pretty important. Another reason being is giving enough time for that uh, pastor or minister to be able to find out what their actual housing allowance uh, estimate is. So you're not just actually taking Um, just any old number and adding it up, you're actually trying to figure out what the lesser of one of these three might be, your actual expenses, your estimated expenses, and your fair market rental value of whatever property you may be using. So you're actually gonna add up all three of these and you're going to take whatever the lesser of the three may be. And you can actually look up this on publication 517 with the IRS and look at what they detail on this. So those are pretty important, and actually being able to claim that for a full fiscal year can be pretty important for many pastors and ministers. Uh, So being able to do that at the beginning of the year can um, be really good to start out your year with. Yeah,
1: thanks for sharing, Alyssa. That's a major benefit for pastors and ministers that they want to have all the information they need to be able to take full advantage um, of what is available to them. So, um, you know, if you ha- if you're listening and you have any questions about your housing allowance, please give us a call or head to startchurch.com. We are more than happy to help you. Um, so, Alyssa, what's next on on the list of of how pastors and ministers should prepare? Uh, for tax season? What's the next date?
2: Yeah. So one thing is if a minister doesn't have a voluntary withholding agreement with the uh, ordaining body that they're with, or, um, uh, you know, that might mean that the uh, administrator is submitting their uh, taxes owed directly with the IRS, or maybe they have it set up with a payroll service. It's not necessary. Uh, that they actually do that as a minister, but maybe they they have that voluntary withholding agreement and they have it set up either way. They actually would have to have their taxes owed um, for that last uh, that fourth fourth quarter owed by January fourteenth. So that being that either the minister pay it, that administrator in-house, or that payroll service that they uh, use, that needs to be submitted before January fourteenth to the IRS. So that's also true even of non-ministerial staff that they might have. Those payroll taxes are owed, but the only difference being that if you're non-ministerial staff, there's employer taxes owed in there. So if you have any questions about that, you would need to go to a payroll specialist. That's one thing that we don't do. Um, and we really strongly urge you go to actually a payroll specialist to really delve deep into those. When it comes to payroll taxes of that complexity, you really wanna to speak to somebody who really has been in the business um, and actually knows a lot about that, especially if you're dealing with uh, retirement allocation, that can be really important.
1: Yeah, thank you for sharing, Alyssa. Yeah. Um, that's some great advice. Um, So what is the next thing that we should do?
2: Yeah. So by January 31st, uh, typically you'll need to provide everyone who has made contributions uh, to your church or ministry with tax deductible contribution statements. Um, This can be fairly easy. You can usually do this through a a contribution portal. Like uh, usually you have um, a website that people use. Um, where they're um, logging all this information and it'll usually just send a receipt over to somebody. Um, Much like if you've ever used PayPal or Venmo and they send you a a receipt, it'll give them a a giving statement at the end of the year. Um, Some people prefer an actual paper document. And so if they've requested that, you would just need to print it out and mail it over to them. Another thing to think about with January 31st as a deadline is um, typically around that time, you also want to provide and file tax forms such as W-2s, W-3 remittals, which is um, what you would submit directly over to the IRS as an employer with all of your non-ministerial employees, So that's everybody that you've ever filed taxes for. You submit that all in one document. It's not just one person on there. You say, hey, this is everybody we've ever paid. And you submit that over. This is also 1099s and everyone else. And you get that all over to them by January 31st. Um, And this is so that you don't face any penalties as not getting over those documents in a timely manner. And just as a reminder, there are some exceptions to this rule. Um, Just take a look at that on the IRS's websites. There are some exceptions to this as there are with any situation. So just take a look on their website.
1: So Alyssa, I have a question for you. You know, working in, in this field, when you're working with pastors and ministers and they're filling out these forms and trying to get everything in on time, are there some, is there a frequently asked question that you get from these leaders or, you know, questions that are coming up um, often?
2: Yeah. One of the main ones is um, what type of form does a minister file or does their ordaining body file for them? Um, So with ministers, they maintain that dual status with the IRS. What that means is you're considered both self-employed and employed at the same time. So a really good way of thinking of it is your ordaining body, um, they will need to provide a Form W-2 for you, just like every other non-ministerial staff. But if you go and you're asked to go and teach or preach, Um, at another uh, body or organization, they would provide you with a 1099. So there's a really good delineation of you're both self-employed and employed at the same time, Uh, but your ordaining body is always gonna provide you with a W-2 and you are always gonna pay self-employment taxes. So there's really a good delineation line between what that really means in the IRS's eyes. And one thing that they're trying to do with that is trying to give you um, an option. So they're not trying to like make you have all the burden with those taxes necessarily, right? Of not having an employer bear that burden with you. They give you an ability in your first two years of being paid to opt out. It's what's called a 4361 um, self-employment tax exemption. Um, And if you would like more information on that, you can um, ask some of our specialists about that. Our um, church planning specialists, they have a lot of information on this. But it's where you can opt out of paying your self-employment taxes. This is always a personal reason as to why people do this. Maybe you've already paid all your credits into Social Security and Medicare, so you don't want to. Maybe you're bivocational. It's really a personal reason if you want to opt out or not. So some people don't opt out. Um, but it's a way that the IRS is trying to see ministers and pastors are benefiting the community and they serve a purpose in the community that the government can't. So they're trying to provide that um, a way of assisting uh, ministers and pastors um, uh, to alleviate that burden in a way um, that they don't for anybody else and so that's why ministers have that unique status um so a a long way of saying um ministers have a w-2 that's provided by their ordaining body and 1099s when they go and uh, talk anywhere else
1: yeah that's some great um in-depth insight even into you know why these benefits are awarded to ministers Uh, so thanks for sharing Alyssa. Um, So, you know, along with this January 31st deadline that we're talking about, are there any other forms that need to be considered to be filed?
2: Yeah, like I mentioned, that um, W-3 transmittal form, it's what's called a a form W-3 transmittal of wage and tax statements. And this goes to the Social Security Administration, along with uh, what's called a copy A of all W-2s. So this just tells the Social Security Administration, hey, this is what we paid everybody. This is all of our pay, you know, payroll allocations. This is what we paid everybody. And this just confirms for the Social Security Administration, like what I got paid for that year. So when I submit my taxes to the IRS, they can confirm what I'm submitting to them. So it's basically, they get copy A, I'm basically turning them in copy B and they're seeing if it's a mere copy. So that's really the goal of that. Um, It's also to see if there's any outstanding taxes for an employer. So that's really the goal of that on that end. So does the employer have any outstanding taxes owed in terms of retirement allocations that they might have matched general employer taxes, anything of that nature. So that's really the goal of that. There's also 1099s. This could be a 1099 miscellaneous, non-employer contributions, anything of that nature. There's a lot of 1099s that you can file. If you look up 1099s, you'll get a lot of different ones. They have a lot of different acronyms on the end of them. And it's for type of wages that you're paid. So these are generally all um, owed by January 31st, but like I've mentioned, check out the IRS's website and see what the deadlines on on those are, because there's lots of different ones that end up getting filed, depending on what you're paying somebody.
1: So Alyssa, let's jump back to the tax calendar for the first quarter. What are some important dates and deadlines that we should be aware of for February?
2: Yeah, great question. So I mentioned that for W-2s, you have that W-3 transmittal form that logs all of the W-2s of who you filed right Uh, for the whole year, who you've been paying. And likewise on uh, February 28th, you'd send copy A of form 1099 miscellaneous or any 1099s with form 1096 to the IRS. What form 1096 is, it's all of those 1099s that you've paid to people. So all of your contractors. So like you've had the W3 for everyone that you've paid, all your employees, Form 1096 is all of your contractors that you've paid. Uh, So that's a really good way of thinking of it. It's just logging everyone that you've paid. And then those 1099s and those W2s are what you give to people individually. So it is, you know, depending on how many people that you are paying, it can be a lot of paperwork, but at the end of the day, if you're keeping track of everything, As you're paying people, it can be quite easy to get together all this information and to submit it, especially if you're going to a tax preparer or a CPA, it should be fairly easy for them to compile this and send it out on a timely manner. If you're not familiar with how ministries and churches are to file this correctly, if you're new to this, it might be best to go to a tax preparer or a CPA because, um, you know, if they're more familiar with this, like ours are, they've been doing it for over 40 years, it could be beneficial because not all corporations file their taxes the same way. So going to somebody who's actually versed in how to prepare filings the right way can uh, benefit you in the long run. Yes, absolutely. And our team
1: loves to support and help you yeah. fulfill your calling, you know, if you're listening and, and you're like, I'm not a tax expert. I just want to do what God's called me to do. Well, we're here to make that easier for you to do. So anyway, we can help you. It is our honor to serve you, your church or your ministry. So Alyssa, now that we've talked about the different deadlines we need to know for the month of February, can you uh, give us some information on one of the most important deadlines that churches and ministries need to be aware of here in this first quarter as we're approaching tax season?
2: Yeah, that's a great question. So it's not necessarily maybe in the first quarter, um, but it's just after the first quarter, April 15th. um, I know everybody hears about it. Um, April 15th is really important uh, for uh, pretty much everybody's tax returns. Um, so that's what um, most people hear as personal tax returns. It's usually called Form 1040, 1040A, 1040EZ, but also in terms of first quarter payroll taxes are owed. So if you pay non-ministerial wages to people, so non-ministerial employees, those payroll taxes are owed uh, for that first quarter by April 15th, so the 15th day of uh, the fourth month. Um, But also if you're filing an extension for your personal tax return, you can file a form 4868. But one thing that people don't really know about filing an extension on um, filing that um, income tax return is that you can file that extension of filing the paperwork, but you still need to make sure you file those taxes owed. So it's a really good distinction to keep in mind. So you wanna make sure, hey, I'll file my extension, but make sure I file, make sure I pay all my taxes owed by April 15th. So making sure we keep that in mind, especially with, um, you know, the year that we've had in 2020, just making sure, hey, if we do need to file an extension, making sure we're filing it correctly. And, you know, that can be really crucial in terms of, do we need to turn to a a tax preparer or CPA to help us navigate that? Um, those are some really key ones to keep in mind uh, with April 15th. It can be a challenging one if we don't have all the information. So it can feel overwhelming if we don't have all the information to forearm us and, and prepare us through this.
1: Yeah, thanks for sharing, Alyssa, yeah, of course. For all of your uh, wisdom wisdom and expert advice today. And uh, I just want to ask you one more question, you know, as we step into this, you know, new year 2021, and we're helping pastors and ministers, you know, get prepared with their taxes and their finances. Do you have any um, advice or encouragement that you'd like to share um, with our listeners?
2: Yeah, it's a great question. So sometimes taxes can feel overwhelming just because it's a lot of information thrown at you all at once. Um, And it can feel like in a short amount of time, um, just because, uh, you know, the tax season starts and then you're thinking about, oh, I have this deadline coming up. Um, But it's really just taking it one step at a time, taking a deep breath and remembering, um, you're not in it alone a lot of the time. You know, sometimes it can feel like you are, um, but remembering that there are people that can help you through it. And especially here, uh, people like to keep you informed and like to break things down for you. Um, the IRS can be an overwhelming place to work with because a lot of it is living in the gray area. It's a lot of if-thens. Well, oh, if it's this, then you take this route. Oh, it's not this, well, then take this rabbit trail well, we like to really break things down and really help you through navigating your situation as it is in that moment. And that's really the key of it when it comes to taxes. It can feel overwhelming in the moment, but if you really keep grounded in what the what you're really in in that moment, these are the really the five things that I'm dealing with right now. Let's navigate that. It can really help you when it comes to taxes because otherwise you can get, lost in the sauce as people say and it's really true with taxes. So having people there that really know how to help you navigate it can really help you keep your sanity through it.
1: That's so good, Alyssa. And we want to be those people that help you yeah. keep your sanity. <laughs> yeah, of course. <laughs> and we want to be here to support you. So um Alyssa once again thank you so much for sharing and for joining me on the podcast today. And um, to our listeners, you know, we know that keeping up to date with these important tax deadlines and forms throughout the year can get really complicated, and that's why we want to help you. So we created a full year calendar of all the tax dates for churches and ministries, and we want to offer that to you as a gift. So give us a call at 888-979-2524. Or head on over to startchurch.com and ask one of our team members for your copy of the 2021 tax calendar. This is going to be such a huge uh, blessing to your ministry, and we're so glad to be able to provide that to you and we want to let you know that we're here to take the burden of handling your taxes so you can focus on what god has called you to do so we offer many services to help with taxes and annual filings to the irs so you don't have to worry if you're doing it right so like i said head on over to startchurch.com to learn more about our tax services and how we can help you make the most of your tax benefits and as always thank you to our listeners For tuning in to Beyond the Call, and we look forward to you joining us again for next week's episode.
0: Thank you for listening to Beyond the Call, brought to you by Start Church. If you have any questions about what you have heard today, please give us a call at 844 641 5718 or visit our website at startchurch.com. We hope you'll join us for the next episode of Start Church Beyond the Call. Start Church has helped thousands of churches and ministries protect what God has given them to lead. Check out our website at startchurch.com or feel free to call at 844-641-5718. We would be honored to serve you.